everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comicsly Podcast, the official podcast of Comicsly.com. My name is Joseph, and this is episode number 18 on the program. Today, we are discussing the movie Isle of Dogs. This is our second of our Wes Anderson series that we're doing. We did the Grand Budapest Hotel three or four weeks back, and we got Isle of Dogs today. We're going to try to do one, one, some, one a month, so we'll, we'll come back in early April with uh, another Wes Anderson movie. But yeah, so Anson and I get in Isle of Dogs today. I think it's a pretty fun episode. Try to keep it pretty light. It was interesting, right? I, you know, on, on a lot of these, I think we both try to watch the or, or interact or you know whatever read whatever we're whatever we're looking at that week and try to come up you know think of watch it or you know listen read whatever and sort of figure out really strongly what our own opinions are but it was interesting with this one because we both ended up talking a lot about like we we watched it we, we had our opinions but then we went and sort of sought out what everyone else was saying right so this movie's been out for three ish years now so you know the articles and the podcast and the YouTube videos, right? They're all out there sort of on what people's opinions were at that time. That's not something either of us really engaged with when the movie came out, right? That the discourse has died down, which makes it a little bit easier to go look at what everyone was saying. But yeah, it was interesting. So we, we both kind of did that independent of each other and we were able to bring some of those opinions into the conversation today, which was really, really nice. And I think helped us both figure out what we felt about it a little bit, but also just, yeah, made for a more interesting conversation. But so yeah, so uh, Isle of Dogs on the program today, and we'll talk about what we're watching or playing. We're playing something for next week. We'll talk about what we're playing at the end of the episode. Hope you enjoy our conversation today, and we'll be back on the other side of this short break. I was really thrown off because you know how the, they're, they're telling the story, mm-hmm. and then the dog says the haiku, but he yells that one line of it. <laughs> he yells the second line of the haiku but it's also a very i thought i i guess i didn't think it was a particularly good haiku Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i don't i don't know i don't know that opening was like right so it sets up that there was this war between dogs and should i should i quick read the wikipedia yeah read the wikipedia never mind it doesn't really explain what happened oh okay is I have the Wikipedia right here. Is it? I don't know if it's. I don't know if that opening is supposed to imply that it's. There was a war between dogs and cats. There's a bunch of cats around, and the sort of main antagonist has. All the bad guys have cats. Yeah, he's always carrying a cat. He has a big cat tattoo on his back. Um, he's from some sort of lineage that either greatly values cats or or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but like cats are not a in any way an important part of this movie i would say mm-hmm. they don't yeah they just kind of show up in yeah their background scenes throughout the rest of it so yeah have you seen this movie before i saw it last year and i do not remember disliking it as much as i did this year really yeah do you remember last what, year like- i was like this is weird cool and okay it was like honestly probably around this time last year too okay because it was cold at a theater, at, on your computer. 123movies.com. Okay. Should, you, should I not promote that website? Should I restate <laughs> I mean, that line? Can, people can watch this however <laughs> they want. You know, it, it, you know, people can watch it however they want. If you know how to find it for free on the internet, good for you. <laughs> okay, so it was just like a movie you watched and you were like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we're going to get to some of our... I think you're a little bit more frustrated than me, but we're going to get to that. 
But this watching this movie made me very nervous. Why? Because the next Wes Anderson movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I think I had, I think we talked about that a little bit when we did Grand Budapest Hotel. Like, I love that movie in high school when I hadn't ever seen anything like that. I won't be apathetic about it in the ways that I was, like, apathetic about this movie. But I'm, there is part of me that's just worried that, like, oh, I'm not going to care about this movie anymore. Mm Because right now, like, it's still, like, a great movie in my mind. But the next time I watch it, like, it might not be, right? Yeah. So I'm, you know, it's it's not an... It's not like an important thing to be nervous about, but you know, I guess that's what I'm going into that movie with. Okay, so you this was the second time you've seen it, so you were you knew what it was about, but you were just I don't know what did like did you come into it with a different? Were you trying to be more critical? Were you trying to? What were you like coming into it with? I was just like watching it, and then I was just like noticing things that I was like, "This is stupid." What's the first thing that stood out to you? If we want to like, not that we have to go chronologically, what was the first thing that stood out? What was the like biggest thing that stood out? I wasn't happy with how he portrayed Jap- Japan and like Japanese, mm-hmm. and like I also found it kind of annoying that he like so when they when characters were speaking Japanese, he wouldn't always translate them, mm-hmm. which it's like. It might have been, like, an artistic choice or whatever, but to me, it was just, like, because of that, like, you couldn't, like, he purposely made it so we didn't really, couldn't really connect with, like, the Japanese characters. And, like, it also felt like, it felt like it was, like, a movie set in Japan about white people. What do you mean? Can you, can you be, can you explain that a little bit more? That's interesting. And, like, I was, like, watching some, like, YouTube videos about people who've also kind of thought the same thing, whereas... I think that in a couple of Wes Anderson films, he has this vibe where he's, like, interested in, like, Eastern culture, Mm -hmm. but doesn't really go the extra step to, like portray it in like Mm -hmm. a way that's not either like super stereotypical or like I feel like he doesn't give as much attention to like those details as I think he could and another film we haven't watched it but another film he brought up that was brought up was the Darjeeling Limited yeah so that that's the other one that I read about because I I read I read a few things and that was the one that they brought up as well right and it just was like that like throughout the whole thing it was just kind of annoying and also like the little white girl with the afro I just did not like her (laughs) so that also might just be why like i was like ugh, gross whatever but like i don't know it was also just like it felt so like like it it was was supposed to be set in japan right and like so and like the main character atari 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 yeah is like 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 a japanese boy but we could never understand him and so like he 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 literally like gave more voice to like these like the like the white people (laughs) rather than like and also like the dogs also English, which like I get because it's like is like an American movie, but um, like I don't know. I feel like it was weird. Also, I heard that like Calvin was also sitting me sitting with me watching, and he's studying Japanese, and like the Japanese that wasn't even like correct all the time. It was kind of like it was put through Google Translate, and then like sometimes like when like they would say like so in like Japanese language, like there's like words that like sound like American but have like a Japanese like I don't know twang to it at the end. I can't think of one right now, and I don't want to make one up. Well, is there, because is that would like, be weird. But is, that's what he did. So is you know how when he he would I I, I forget how Atari would say, it, but he would say sit sit to yeah like is, there's is words his- yeah there's words like that and i don't know if that's actually like a, a like a 
Japanese word. But okay. like, there's words that like sound like you can guess what they are because they have like the English kind of root word, but it's like different because it's Japanese. Okay. And I think he took liberties with that, making like random words with like it was almost given like a Japanese accent to like an American words instead of actually just like. Okay. It was weird. Um, maybe I'm not sure. So I, yeah, this is the, this is the thing I went and did some reading. Um, the Wikipedia article, I actually like had some links to some really good articles about this. So I think an example of what you're talking about is, so I I have a couple things to say. Um, but, uh, so there's one writer, her name is Emily Yoshida, who is, she's Japanese American. Um, she speaks, she like, in her article, she talks about how like she's, you know, she knows Japanese, but she's definitely not fluent. So in her articles, she sought out a couple fluent Japanese speakers and just sort of asked them their opinions about a bunch of different stuff. And one person brought up that that dialogue thing you were saying where it's not sort of formal Japanese, but they but like it's kind of how people speak maybe in like a very informal setting. They said they sort of went back it went back and forth a little bit between like very formal and then like very informal in a way that didn't really make sense. And they sort of so did Calvin make a distinction between the the spoken Japanese and the written Japanese versus like the kanji? I don't know. All he said was he's like that's he's like the way that they're doing it is like weird. <laughs> okay. And in this article another thing someone said is that the though like spoken is like a little bit weird but like it wasn't for for most of the people wasn't too distracting but it it was definitely odd but they said that the the kanji was a little bit weird and like in some uh yeah the kanji was weird in how they chose to like choose it and like for Megasaki City you see the kanji at that point but that's a fictional name so they like instead of trying to come up with Japanese kanji for that they just made up kanji which is kind of weird yeah and then another example maybe what you were saying is like for the drones when the kanji for that shows up on the screen they used kanji that means machine without person machine without person when instead most people today would say and i don't want to try to pronounce this but it's d-u slash r-u-n which kind of sounds like drone but i'm sure is like pronounced differently um but kind of an example of what you were saying right like it kind of based on an american word but said uh in a particular way to the japanese language that might be an example of that so that was so okay so that was a little bit distracting for calvin what so you you mentioned something like right at the beginning and you said it could be an artistic choice like it could what be would, like what would oh, that artistic choice be like or what would you I don't be know. trying to say i just feel like maybe that? some okay. people could defend it as an artistic choice okay. personally like i don't know if it's just because it's like like i'm cool with reading captions you know like yeah i watch lots of like korean chinese dramas i'm cool with watching cap i'm cool with like listening to people talk and just reading what they're saying. And I, I feel like I didn't, especially at the end when Atari, mm-hmm. Atari was like giving his little speech and it was translated through that annoying girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just like, I feel like it's just like, why couldn't you have like given, like, why did he have to share the spotlight with that person like what was the what was the point of it because they have other and uh, yeah i know there was like that reporter yeah or whatever the translator she was like there too whatever but even they had that machine sometimes are you saying like you just wish it had been translated like somehow in the fiction of the story had been translated by the machine or just that you were you wish there were subtitles i just wish there was was subtitles because i feel like I mean, wouldn't it be easier to just add subtitles at the end besides, like, making all these, like, 
clay people talk for other clay people. <laughs> yeah. So I read So like it was a conscious choice to like Oh yeah. do that and it was weird. Yeah. So I I read one and I'm going to I'm going to link if you have some if you have your YouTube videos and I'd love to link a bunch of these in the show notes. Um <laughs> Because I, like, I don't know, there's a, like, I don't know if there's a, a right decision about this, right? Like, uh, just, so the one I read, there was a really good um, article in The New Yorker when this came out um, by a, a fluent Japanese speaker who made the argument that the choice not to subtitle, for the most part, right, the choice not to subtitle the Japanese language speaking or not to subtitle some of the text on the screen sort of removes some of the, removes some of the, like, it's a statement saying that this is not explicitly for American audiences, right? This is not, this movie is not for, like, the Western, the Western uh, gaze. It's not for a Western audience and, and sort of, not incentivizing, but just making some that is for is for a Japanese audience, right? But or if that it is- was for a Japanese audience, why wouldn't they like try harder and like the Japanese that they used or like the kanji that they used? Yeah. So this like this article is specifically about the language and doesn't go into like any of the the aesthetic things. Doesn't really get into any of the kanji that they use. It's specific, or, or it gets a little bit in, into the kanji, but like doesn't. I don't know, you know, I like they're there, I guess, and, and it's it is like very heavy on their feeling watching the movie, and they felt like they were sort of seeing something a little bit special that was just for them, mm-hmm. um, you know, which like is an interest, which is like interesting, and, and if like it's cool, if that right, if they had that like special connection, and then they talk a little bit about like their some of the like very background characters in some scenes are people who are pretty famous in Japan that like we don't know of over here, so like there's a scene i guess where there's just like a woman talking on a tv and that is um who is she she's from spirited away it's the voice of uh yababa from spirited away it's just like <laughs> a woman on talking in the background of a of a scene right or there's i guess there's like a japanese version of er and when they're in the hospital there's like a kind of a play on whatever that tv show is right and so like i guess that's right if if, if it like really made that person feel good and they connected to it on that level like that that's cool but but like I, I think I probably agree more with you, right? I think it, it, it's a, it's a weird, like interesting choice that I don't really want to try to defend because you know I, I and also another thing reading these articles. I don't know. So did, was Calvin able to like tell you what any of the Japanese character was saying or was he in those scenes when you don't get there, when you don't get any translation? Uh, not really. So I read a little bit about how like they're, you know, it's like, it's not just like made up nonsense or whatever, right? It all makes sense. It's all part of the story, but it's not critical. Like you're not missing a layer of the story. <laughs> no one said like you're missing a layer of the story if you don't get it, right? Which isn't to say that it's unimportant, but it's not like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, if it was him, he, he translated the stuff that we, was important, right? Yeah. It's not to say that any of the Japanese language was, like, unimportant, but, like, the, the idea that it's, like, more of a, 
homage or more of something that's like honoring the Japanese language, right? I think that maybe falls down a little bit because, right, you're not missing anything in the story that isn't translated, right? They find all of these sort of, and the ways that they find to like translate some of the Japanese language is like a little convoluted, right? And, and it seems... It, it seems kind of random in certain parts, I would say, like, oh, why, you know, why is this getting translated versus ver, uh, versus like other things? I don't know if you felt that way about like what was translated versus what wasn't or like how the translation played out in the story. I don't know. Do, do you have any thoughts about that? No, nah, I was just too busy being annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So what's... Oh, yeah. I also thought that... Uh... Nothing was, like, cute to me. I guess, like, also, I guess I'm not really, like, a fan of, like, claymation just because I have, like, very distinct memories as a child having nightmares about Wallace and Gromit. Really? <laughs> so I do not really like claymation, but, like... Okay. Especially, like, there was some fights, like, it was when Kevin and I, we had ordered, like, some really nice Chinese food, and we were sitting in the couch eating it, and then, like, we were eating it, and then, like, the trash island stuff showed up, and all these nasty dogs came up, and it was just <laughs> super gross eating and watching it. And then, like, even when, like, the dogs were, like, clean or whatever, it just, it looked like, ugh. I did I don't know, I did not like the look, but I thought, I know that that's more of, like, a personal <laughs> Thing for me what do you think did you no, think any of the dogs were cute i thought like nutmeg was kind of cute i thought the oracle dog the way that i mean maybe that dog wasn't cute as so much as the idea that it was it could tell the future but it actually was just somehow <laughs> able to know what the people were saying on tv right because that's the same thing i didn't th I, I wasn't like I didn't find them unappealing in any way, right? I think we spend a lot of time with Chief, and I think he's supposed to be pretty unappealing, right? Because he spent so much time on the island. Yeah. I found Atari kind of tough to look at. It was, like, also, like, his... He looks so, like, pasty and yellow. Yeah, and so he, did the the, 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 sci the girl scientist. It was just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he had, like, I didn't know if that was blood, but he, his freckles were, like, red, and he had, a, like, a black eye the whole time. If That was, like, a very unattractive character model. That <laughs> he looked like a Barbie doll left out in the sun for too long. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I guess I didn't know, right, because, yeah, some of those characters, right, they're, like, their skin undertone was like very yellow but not in a way that, like... It looked like somebody put, like, that, that Safia, Safia, Safia... S-E-P-H-I-A. Like a filter. Oh, you wouldn't know. You don't have... Oh, sepia. Sepia? There's a P oh. in there. Sepia. I said... Oh, I thought it was P-H. Sometimes I don't look at words and I just look <laughs> at the first couple letters and decide I know how it's pronounced. <laughs> oh, no. It's... Yeah. C you felt, it was like a sepia filter on, yeah. on those characters. Yeah. Yeah. So th those are parts were like tough to look at. The... Were there any scenes that stood out to you? Like, oh, this is really cool to look at? Oh, yeah. So... Um, the, the sushi slash poison scene. Yeah. When he was yeah. making it. I, I remember seeing like a video like a couple of years ago before I even saw the movie about like all the work that went into just getting that one scene. And like, I don't want to, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they had to like, they had to study like sushi makers and like figure out exactly like the movements and like the things. That, that yeah. was, it was pretty cool to look at. Yeah, that scene. It was poisoned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was, that was probably the best looking scene in the movie. And it's funny because that scene came, right? That feel it feels, you know, and this kind of leads into like, well, is this movie actually about anything? <laughs> 
which I don't want to get to yet, but it comes at a very, a character says a very pointed thing and then that scene plays and it's sort of like, you know, it's, it's one of the more thought promoting, provoking parts of the movie. We can talk about that in a a second. That scene was really cool. I like the scenes. There's a, a, a lot of scenes where characters are looking at what's going on through a monitor and it has this weird, this weird sort of like very flat animation is what you see on the monitor. I thought those were very interesting. It didn't look like, it wasn't like they recorded the claymation and then, then like put this, it was like a green, it was like green, like it was filmed in like night vision or something. Um, but it, it felt like it was animated in a different way because of how like flat in 2D the characters were in those scenes. I, I really liked looking at, uh, I thought those were very interesting to look at. I don't know. How did you feel about, there was a bunch of points at which there's like big tussles and there's just a bunch of like stuff moving around. It was around. just, it looked like pillow, <laughs> it looked pillow like those, stuffing. Yeah, like pillow stuffing or like cotton balls or something. Uh-huh. I thought a couple of those scenes where you can, where you could kind of, because I was, I was watching with, with Darianne and she was trying to like figure out kind of how they were doing certain scenes. And a couple of those where you could kind of see some of the, I mean, you know that it takes like, you know, claymation, right? It's very, it, it's, uh, a little bit more obvious how much work goes into it, but like where you can sort of see some of the methods in a few of those scenes, it lets you, I don't know, I, I like, it's cool to feel that in a movie, right? Because sometimes in something that's more, right, in, in like a live, like in a Marvel movie or Star Wars or any sort of action movie, right? There's, even though there's like these big dramatic stunts going on, you don't quite get that sort of direct sense where you can feel how they did it. Whereas you were like, oh, they like were like moving stuffing around and everything. I don't know. <laughs> I, I enjoyed seeing the a, a little bit of the process like in the movie like that. I thought that was interesting. Mm. Any other any other standout or anything you liked? I liked the voice acting. I think yeah, I I, I like the dogs when they would talk. Yeah. That was they like get- the only cute thing about them. <laughs> was yeah. that they sounded like middle-aged white men. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly who it was, right? <laughs> If you read the like list of people who are in it, like there's a lot of like very big names, but a bunch yeah, of yeah, Scarlet uh, Black Widow is Nutmeg, uh-huh. um, like Brian Cranston, Jeff Goldblum, F. Murray Abraham. There's a bunch of like not like huge, not like the biggest stars in the world, but but like names, and they just have like very small parts. But not a ton of the dogs get personalities. I was hoping we get a few more of those, but the, I, th- I thought the ones. Well, I guess I say I thought the ones they did were okay, but like there's really three dogs that get personality, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe four, right? Nutmeg gets personality as far as what she's about. About. <laughs> yeah, Chief, you get a scent, you get a good sense of what he's about because he's going through the whole thing with Atari. And then I honestly don't know these dogs' names, but the dog who's ever who's always saying I heard a rumor, yeah, who's voiced by Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. And then there's the other dog who's like the leader who's always like all right we should vote on it he's always he always wants to yeah. vote on everything um yeah i guess even as i say it right there's the, those are like the four animals where you or you where you get like a really good sense of kind of Except, well i mean i feel like with the, the the dogs that chief is with they don't really have like personality they just have like one dimensional like quirks yeah i get yeah i guess that's even fair right they have because they they only ever cut to them right to like make the like i heard a rumor joke or mm-hmm. to 
Let's take a vote. Let's take a vote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a little. He has a little bit more going on early in the movie because um, mm-hmm. he kind of starts that conversation when they're talking about their favorite food. Yeah. Um, he kind of leads that, but it definitely falls off in importance towards the second half. Okay. Anything else that like you really enjoy? I mean, I think we're gonna probably start talking a little bit more about some stuff that annoyed <laughs> us. Anything else that you enjoyed? No, but I have something that annoys me. <laughs> okay. Let's let's go back to what annoyed us. I thought it was funny that that the uh, like the twelve year old boy says like a haiku at the end and then everything's cool and the his uncle's like yup 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 I thought that was funny mm. and like why because it's just like that's not how it works in real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so this kind of gets us right, and I think we had this. I think we ended up in a similar place with Grand Budapest Hotel, right? Where we weren't quite sure how... I think serious is the wrong word, but, like, not sure how much does the movie want us to, like, investigate what it's saying or what or what's going on on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. Is it is it sort of a little bit of a lighter fare where, right, we talked about Grand Budapest Hotel, you can enjoy it for two hours, right? It's like, it's beautiful to look at. The story is really nice. I, you know, Grand Budapest Hotel actually ends in this really sweet way that is saying, you know, I think you can start talking about things about like memory and sort of how, you know, people's like sense of belonging and, and where they feel they belong in like, in a in a community or in a society or something. But like here, it's, yeah, right? <laughs> like, like I don't dogs even, I don't... are good. <laughs> we should not put all the dogs in an island with trash. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know if it ever gives us anything like that to really sit and think with, right? I think it, I think you can pull stuff out of the movie if you want to be like hypercritical, but I don't know if it ever gives us something sort of, if it ever sort of is ever really asks us to sort of think think too critically about what's going on right because it just it does kind of just end on this haiku right it ends kind of neatly um oh and then like why was why was spot underneath the ground what was up with that was it because he was a half a robot dog so at the end of the movie, like one of the hero dogs, Spot, I think they built a shrine to him and then they just sort of built a place for him to live beneath his shrine. Mm. I don't really know. That's It looked like I don't know. I thought it was like this is Spot's grave. Oh, there's his little baby dogs and his dog wife just living chilling in the grave with him. Oh, there's Spot. He's half a robot dog. Yeah. I wasn't exactly sure what that was about, but he was... Yeah, because you definitely get the sense that it's his grave and then it's not, Mm -hmm. but then he's there. So, yeah, that was definitely weird. There was a point where I was like, oh, okay, maybe this movie is, like, saying something, right? So, it's right... It, it, it involves that sushi scene, right? So, um, the, right. So in this movie, I, I guess we haven't laid out too. I think we just got <laughs> into what we didn't like about it. In this movie, all of the dogs in Japan are exiled to this one island. It's a trap. It's where the humans have been dumping their trash or all of the dogs in this one city have been exiled to this trash island. A little boy goes over there and looks for his dog that was exiled and he happens to be the mayor's son and in the process of going to look for his dog and then he figures out how to bring all the dogs back and sort of uncovers the conspiracy plot, right? It turns out the mayor sort of hatched this plot to get rid of 
all the dogs and to kill them all and have there be no more dogs because it was beneficial for his political platform. Mm-hmm. In the process of undoing that, the the little boy brings all the dogs back and he uncovers that there was a serum and everything. And so when he's on the island, in order to... When he goes to the island to look for his dog that was exiled, he finds a group of dogs and they're like, um, he's not here, but he might be on this other part of the island. But the dogs that live on this other part of the island, they've been here for a while. So they're a little bit more... Um, they're a little bit more intense. We don't really interact with them because um, they were kind of scared at, with them a little bit. And it very much others those dogs, right? So it uses some... <laughs> it uses words like savage and wild, which are, like, have very strong connotations as far as um like othering groups of people and especially indigenous groups of people so that was something that stood out right it's like oh these dogs have been here for a while and they're savages right it's it's words that are like used against indigenous people and and to describe them so i i I thought that was a, a poor choice of words would be to put it lightly i think but they have to go he thinks that his dog that he's looking for was is is with these um with these other dogs Mm -hmm. and so he's listening to someone describe these other dogs and he described they just uh this this dog describes (laughs) these other dogs as cannibals right i I think he says like they eat they eat their own kind of or something and then it's like a harsh cut to a to the sushi scene right where a chef is preparing like it's beautiful it's it's absolutely beautiful right but he's preparing sushi right so he starts with a raw fish that he like stabs to kill and then gut and then chop into these three little beautiful pieces of fish that he like blow torches he has a a, a a crab that's alive and like trying to get away and he you know takes the shell off and prepares the crab and then he sort of is dealing with this octopus tentacle we'll put a link to the scene like it is a beautiful scene right but it comes right on the back of this statement where he's like these other dogs are cannibals right and then it's showing like oh you know but humans right like saying you know maybe not saying right but just showing how we consume live animals as well right like we're not uh precious about right you know we can be precious about like not eating other humans right which is good but like we're not precious about (laughs) other live animals right which i don't know and it was like oh like that's kind of interesting right because they're showing us something really beautiful but it's sort of juxtaposed against this statement that that came right before it. And I was like, oh, may, you know, is this like something the movie's going to carry through and comment on? But like, it never comes up again. It's just it's just like a thought, right? It's just something that's like thrown out there. And like, maybe you could think about it. And, you know, it's it's interesting place to think about, but like, doesn't mean anything, right? Like, you know, like, I, and again, like, I don't even think the movie cares if you think about it that much, right? I don't know. Do you, like, did you, did you pick up on that at all? Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, it was like, it was about dogs. <laughs> well, but what do you mean when you say it was about dogs? Like, like what? I don't know. Like, for me, it's like, I definitely didn't like come away being like, ah, yes, that's like a message I can apply to my own life. But what message? What 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 is that message? There wasn't any. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> no message. Okay. No message. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. Did, like, and not, again, I think we said, I, I feel like we've had this conversation for the last couple of things, right? We said this in our Alice Wasn't Dead episode a little bit. We talked about it in the Grand Poodle episode. Like, not every movie needs to do that. Um, I think we should change our podcast the name to um, Everything is Meaningless. I don't, I like our name. I like the name of podcast. <laughs> No, I, <laughs> not every movie needs 
to do that, right? I think, I think, cause I, I think we came away from the Grand Budapest Hotel, like this can just be aesthetically pleasing, right? And I think that's okay. It's, Except it, it, for me, it personally fair? wasn't oh. very aesthetically pleasing, but yeah. Uh, oh, you did, I thought you did like the Grand Budapest oh, Hotel. Oh, no, I thought you were talking about Isle of Dogs. No, I think we came away from Grand Budapest Hotel being like, it's okay if something's like kind of aesthetically pleasing, it's telling, right? It's not telling a real story, but it's telling a story where like with some heart to it, right? Those characters are realized, those characters have depth, and you understand why they're doing the things that they're doing, right? And like, they, you, yeah, you never get this sense that like, or you're never sort of wondering why any, anyone's doing anything, right? Or what the purpose of any, any of this is. And, but I did feel like that a little bit in here, right? Where like, I, I didn't quite know why any of this was happening. Um, you know, if you want to be like really broad, it's like a story about corruption, but like, not really, that doesn't really matter because... <laughs> Once the little boy brings the dog back and gives his speech and says a haiku, like, it's fine, right? I mean, you know, if it's if it's about anything, right, it's about the relationship between, like, a, a, a boy and his dog or between, like, people and dogs, right? About how, like, that's a special and valuable relationship. But I don't think the movie, like, takes the time to... Doesn't take the time to commit to saying something about, like, the value of animal life versus human life, right? Do, like, do you think the movie has something to say about that? No. No? Like... Because yeah, it's... I no, it's not even that, like, it wasn't really even about, like, a comparison of, like, animal life and human life. It was just, like, these dogs had a disease or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then in the end, it wasn't even about the disease because they had the serum. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And, like, there's part of me that wants to be, like, well, it could be about, like, how humans, like, everything is disposable, right? Like, we'll get rid of, we'll throw all our trash on an island and we'll throw all our dogs on an island, right? It could be, like, or there's, like, a thing about how... Right, we're like in the middle of a pandemic, right? And like these dogs get sick, and instead of you know, even when they come up with the D's, uh, 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 a cure for the disease, right? It's not uh, politically valuable, right? So get rid of the disease and the scientists and, right, use the the sickness and the dogs to, like, further your political gain or whatever, right? But it's just like, I don't... <laughs> Did you think that that doctor in the movie was uh, Dr. Fauci? Well, no, no. I mean, it's like Wes Anderson didn't... <laughs> was the, Isle of Dogs is secretly the, about COVID-19. Was the COVID-19. gross, wrinkly, tall guy that looked like the bad guy from Reddit 2? Was that supposed to be Trump? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. He, yes, Wes Anderson knew 2020 was coming, and he made Isle of. He was trying to tell us this. See, he was actually trying to tell us something. He should have been more just, clear, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that um, is so rude there's part of me that wants to do that but like that feels disingenuous because it's like i didn't engage with that movie in this way like i just i watched it and i was like there were some parts that looked really nice you know so there were some jokes there were there were some cute things but like i wasn't ever sitting there like really being like oh they're kind of saying something interesting here so like tr- to try to do that in retrospect feels a little a little bit disingenuous yeah, I mean, I think it's okay if we're just like, hey, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of makes me want to do that, right? Is because, go, and I think we're going to, because I have some few things about like this, how like it, it did feel like a little bit orientalist to me, right? Like I don't, I'm, I'm a, like a, a cis white male, like, right? Like it's not in any place my, or in any way my place to like be 
upset or like have a strong opinion about this, right? But the like the idea that it's set in Japan is so prevalent. It, it's like you're you're it, you're constantly reminded of it, right? Like all of the names, like Atari. Like I, I made a list of the names actually. Like people's random names just have like. Words that you know are Japanese, but like I guess I don't <laughs> like I don't know if Atari means anything, right? I know it, it's a like a video game system that was invented in Japan, right? But some of the other names were Suzuki, uh, Kobayashi, Honda, Katana, Saki, and Yakuza, right? All things that I know are Japanese, but I don't know if people's like Yakuza is like like the a mob or a gang, right? Like I don't think people's names are are actually Yakuza. Again, I'm not sure, but right, but it's like yeah. constantly <laughs> Right. Or like in there in one scene, there's like a bomb goes off. Right. But it's not just like a bomb. It's like a little mushroom cloud. Right. It, you know, <laughs> in, in you know, like looks like an, how an atomic bomb looks. Right. Or there's cherry bo- blossoms or there's sumo wrestlers. Right. So like you're constantly, constantly, constantly reminded it happens in Japan. It's happening in what his his version of Japan. But like that never, ever matters to the movie. Right. Like, does it ever matter that this is happening in Japan. Did you feel like that ever mattered? Other than the fact that, like, there was, like, Japan's close to water and it's got an island nearby? No. <laughs> yeah. But, like, a lot of places are close to yeah. water, right? Like, it's, I mean, it could have been, in that case, that it could have been, like, anywhere in Southeast Asia almost, right? Or... Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Which is, like... So, no. <laughs> yeah. And that, I don't know, that just feels... And in a, in a couple of the articles, I'll link them in the show notes, right? There's especially the one by Emily Yoshida, right? She, so there were a lot of people who were like, called it like cultural tourism and called it, they, 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 it was appropriation, right? Or like Orientalism. Um, And just the, she was a little bit lighter in her criticism of that. She said that it was Japan as an aesthetic, but without any, it's like simply an aesthetic, right? It, it, in no way goes beyond being just like a visual it being just interesting visuals for us to look at right he's not commenting on japanese culture he's not commenting uh or like how japanese culture is portrayed in in the west he's not commenting on like how japanese culture has been like exported all over the world like it's just because some of the visuals are interesting right and her opinion was like that it was mostly harmless. Um, you know, I guess people, you know, and, and people have disagreed on the internet, right? About like whether or not just borrowing that aesthetic can be harmless, right? Just like using another culture and another, in another part of the world, you just using their, their language, using their like their food, their buildings, their clothes, using all that as an aesthetic, like can be harmless. Well, cause also like I was kind of reading about, they did bring in like Japanese people to help with like their production and stuff. But when mm-hmm. like, when the film was put up for awards, like, <laughs> Uh, all the white people won and like I feel like I don't know if like that's just how it played out you know yeah but it's just like another kind of like oh (laughs) right it's like it's interesting right like because he could have made a choice the dogs right they could have been voiced by like Japanese voice actors speaking um english right that that's mm-hmm. like a choice he could have made um right but like the the voices that you hear most prominently in the movie right are are white uh actors right they're white english speaking actors right and so like they yeah in a movie that is about japan and borrows heavily in that aesthetic like that is not as far as like who is visible who's winning awards who's getting uh applauded for that it's not the 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 japanese people 
who or it's not people who are not people from Japan who like might have helped with the script or helped like figuring out with the um, any of that like getting awarded or for that mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know like I, yeah like I guess I don't I guess I would really I think I think these two articles I'm going to post are really interesting I'm going to check out yours the ones that you listed in here Ange. Mm-hmm. see what those say because i think it's it's interesting how i don't know i guess do you feel like it's do you feel like it's irresponsible and like that it shouldn't be done or you know because like i think if it's like bad enough for a movie where i was if, if that was like a you know i i guess and no movies like coming to mind off the top of my head where a movie where like that is done like really irresponsibly or really horribly i would be like yeah maybe just don't watch it right like yeah but like do you would you say like it's people shouldn't watch this movie or like people should watch it and then like try to engage and think about that i don't know personally i don't think i'm gonna watch anymore not because like i'm protesting or anything but i just like i feel like i'm just not gonna be interested in watching it again yeah you know where it's like i feel like i could come back to grand Budapest hotel in like a couple years (laughs) yeah and watch it again yeah but i don't know because like a lot of people did like it you know like we yeah no like, Kelvin, like really immediately checked the rotten tomato score after watching it and i was just like oh so i mean just because it's not my cup of tea doesn't mean other people wouldn't enjoy it and yeah. like i mean yeah i don't think it's like super super like harmful or like maybe it is to some people i feel like i don't know do whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. In the end, do whatever you want. I don't know. Last thing, I guess, like, I'm going to these, like, reviews a lot, right? Because, like, my identity, right? I don't think it's, like, I I can have an opinion on, you know, I'll share it here, but it's not, like, I I don't think it's right of me, like, feel super strongly about this. But one interesting piece from this Vulture article was the difference between how um someone who uh like uh, a japanese american person right so maybe they like grew up in japan or maybe they their parents are maybe they're like immigrants or their parents immigrated here from japan right and they have a very strong connection to their japanese heritage and culture how they feel about the movie sort of having both that like america having a good understanding of american and japanese culture versus versus people in japan they talked to um i think she talked to some family members there right and they're just they're proud to see their culture represented in this very mainstream thing whereas over here we're sort of thinking about like are we representing that culture are we doing it justice right are we representing it in a sort of just and a fair way that doesn't rely on harmful stereotypes or harmful tropes about these people right so even that sort of distinction i think is interesting and yeah i don't i don't know right i guess this just even the fact I, I agree with you. I don't think I'll watch this movie again. I don't. I don't if if someone asked me like a Wes Anderson movie to watch, I this would not be up on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just thinking watching this movie and but then also like I've enjoyed watching it and then going and doing some of this reading and like figuring out what other people are saying and how they thought about this and how does that align with like what I thought about it and what are all the opinions right because it is like so broad um, and. Also, like, it would probably be different, right? But it's like, this movie came out a while ago, right? So people aren't, like, mad on the the internet about it right now, right? It might feel different if it were, like, people were, you know, if this, like, had just come out and if the discourse felt a little bit more intense. But it's good to, you know, in hindsight, it's kind of interesting to see what people were saying. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Do you want to give us a haiku about... You've given us haikus before. I don't know. Oh, I don't actually know. I, I don't know if any of your haikus made it onto the podcast. What? 
Why not? Just because, like, I think with one of them... No, you know what? Your haiku for Kentucky Route Zero did make it onto the podcast, actually, now that I think okay, about it. Okay, but why didn't all of them make it on? I didn't. I wasn't aware I was being censored. You're not being censored, Edge, <laughs> but it's not... It's just not always good audio. <laughs> you can edit the pod. You know, I can teach you how to edit the pod. No, I can barely do the watch the stuff for this. <laughs> I try. I, I try to keep us. I try to make sure like what we're. I try to like. I never really thought of it. it was like oh now I'm like editing and like trying to make sure that what we're saying is like represented accurately. But one thing I noticed about. And I, I don't know. I mean, this is way... We're not... So, are, do you have anything else to say about the movie? Or should, are we just... Can we move on to other topics? We can move on. <laughs> okay. So one thing I noticed... And I like I don't like listening to my voice. I don't like the way it sounds. <laughs> but I also noticed that I talk very slowly. Like there's yes. just gaps in... So sometimes it's gaps because I'm like thinking of the next word to say. But also just like the cadence of it is very, very slow. <laughs> So peek behind the curtain for everyone <laughs> is that I take as many of those gaps out as I can <laughs> when I edit it so that it sounds like I'm talking faster than I actually do. <laughs> the audio person's version of Photoshop. <laughs> it, it is a little, yes, it is, is absolutely that. It is a little bit different version of myself that people hear. <laughs> nice. But I don't know. I've like thought about it. Like, I don't know how do you make your... I'm conscious of it, but I don't know how I make myself talk faster. You know, I don't... You just do it. Well, I'm working on it, everyone. <laughs> it would make it easier for me, right? It, it would make... It, it takes a while to, to, like, edit it and go through and take out those pauses. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I am frustrated with myself, but what are you going to do? All right. Are we ready to move on to the next, the yes. next part of the podcast? Okay. Um, we're going to have a short break, everyone. There's actually... A new, uh, we have some new music on the podcast this episode, Inch. We're going to use that song I sent you the other day. The, yes, the, like, I listened yeah. today while I was studying. Yeah, I put it on. I was, I put it on when my, my students were, were doing some independent work and I put it on and then one of the, one of them chatted to me, are you trying to make us fall asleep? So then I turned it <laughs> off. <laughs> um, I liked it, but I felt very, I felt very seen in that moment. Attacked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so enjoy the new music on the episode, everyone, and we'll be back after a short break. with our one shots for the week the things that we're enjoying uh through this week uh not through this week the things that we are enjoying this week i don't think you know maybe we did enjoy isle of dogs so much but this is something we did enjoy and what do you what do you got for us hmm okay i i was between two things so i'm gonna talk about both of them okay <laughs> um I watched Ted 1 and 2 for the first time. Oh, I really wow. enjoyed, I very much enjoyed it. Okay. Why did you watch Ted? Because <laughs> I kept on seeing, like, clips come up 
on TikTok on my For You page, and they all looked really funny. Wait, w- and it, like the same clip? Like, is there a specific scene in the movie? Specific or? scenes, like just like random funny clips. Wow. Okay. It wasn't as like dirty as I thought it would be. There was like a lot of swearing and like weird comments, but I don't know. It's not as dirty. He like I it's very funny. much implied that that teddy bear has sex with a female woman in the back of a grocery store. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Ted okay. wanted two. So, like, disappointed? Were you like, do you, un- like, I don't know. Do the you first get one was better saying? than the second one. Okay. I-, I would say that's probably, that's definitely true. Um, I w- it was also very weird to watch it because we watched it in a row. Yeah. And so, like, they were getting married and then, like, he suddenly divorced. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, did she just, like, not want to be in the movie again? Like, what was that decision? And it was she- funny that the girl uh, who played Amanda Seyfried didn't know who Gollum was. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, she's a model. <laughs> did Did you sit down with the intention to watch both of them? Or were you like, oh, the first one's pretty good. Let's put the second one on. I just wanted, I just, like, I just wanted some laughs, man. Oh, oh <laughs> did you laugh? Like, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, if you wanted to laugh, then, like, okay, and you did. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Ted. Okay, but then after watching Ted, um, I don't watch a lot of anime, but sometimes I just, like, get in the mood where I just want to, like, watch some anime. So I watched... I started it yesterday, and I finished it today. Uh, Erased is one season on Netflix. I make Kelvin say the, the Japanese name all over and over, so I'm going to try to say it. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boku Dake Gai Nai Machi, which nice. is the town where only I am missing. I, I definitely looked it up on Wikipedia. Anyways, I thought it was pretty good. What's it about? And it's about this dude named Soturu, and he can he possesses this ability known as revival, which sends him back in time to moments before a life-threatening incident enabling him to prevent it from happening again. When his mother is murdered by an unknown assailant in his own home, Soturu's ability suddenly sends him back to 18 years into the past, now an elementary schooler in Hokkaido again. Uh, Soturu is given the opportunity to not only save his mother, but also pre- prevent a kidnapping incident that took the lives of three of his childhood friends, two classmates and one girl that was from the wikipedia if you couldn't tell (laughs) yeah no okay it was yeah and okay so it's only it's only one season 12 episodes 20 minutes each pretty good very oh so actually i would a couple hours yeah i would talk about i would talk about it on here yeah where did you watch it Netflix. Okay, and is it's it pretty... It's also on HBO Max. Oh, it is. Okay. Okay, so it's a little bit like a murder mystery-ish with, like, some superpowers, or... Yeah, yeah. A little like bit? A, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that out. What is... Erased. It's called Erased. Erased. That's the English language. Okay. That's nice. how you can find it. Nice. I was actually looking i don't because i don't i've heard of like a couple anime that are like i've thought was interesting there's like um one of the podcasts i listened to the the person on it they watch a lot of anime but they've talked a lot about uh they did like a whole episode on like sports anime oh there's which, that one volleyball one yeah so the volleyball one's pretty big there was like a running one they were talking about there was like an ice skating one i don't know those sounded kind of interesting okay so erased is on hbo max and uh, where else netflix and netflix okay nice i'll have to check that out all right mine 
for this week, my one shot for this week is a comic book called Spider-Man Life Story. And it's, I bought this a while ago because I've been wanting to, I bought the like collected version a while ago because it's, it's just six issues and then they collected them in like a nice book. And it's the story of Spider-Man, but you know how superheroes never really age? Yeah. So the whole thing about this one is that he does age. Why does he so age? It's just, there's no reason. It just like, it it just is, right? It's like, it's sort of, it's not like, we talked a little bit about like comics continuity, right? Like, it's not part of like mainstream continuity, right? This, the idea is just like, what happens to Spider, like how does like Spider-Man's view of what he's doing change as he gets older, right? If you're, cause if you're always like 26 years old, right? Then like maybe, you know, if you're perpetually 26 or whatever, then like maybe how you think about like what your role as a, as a superhero is doesn't change too much, right? But if you, you know, start out as uh, a teenager and you know so it it goes by decades right so it starts in the 60s and then the last the first in each each of the issues is a is like one year in a specific decade and so i think the first one's the 60s right 70s 80s 90s 2000s 2010s and it's yeah so you know it and it's it's interesting because you know he starts he starts off he's like a kid in college right and he's seeing everyone go off to the vietnam war right and so this is like he because he's in college he's not going to get drafted right but he feels this like really strong responsibility to protect people and he's like well is it important that I'm protecting people here? Is it important that I'm protecting people over in Vietnam, right? Like protecting American soldiers or protecting Vietnamese people, right? Because the American soldiers were committing really awful war crimes. Um, and he runs into Captain America and they have a conversation about that. And then, you know, in the, like in the seventies and eighties, right? Suddenly he has uh, a wife and he's sort of having to look out for Aunt May and make sure, right? Cause she's getting older and older, right? And so how does he balance those more like familial and domestic responsibilities with his responsibilities as a superhero and then in like the 2000s right he he's getting old right and he's like slowing down he's actually not he can like still be spider-man but he's not like particularly good at it anymore right so then is there any value in it right because he's actually he's like this super smart inventor person right but he's his he still puts all this time and effort into like being spider-man right but would his time be better spent you know helping society with his with like the technology or the things that he could invent right or like he has a lot of money like what you know helping society that way and so it just yeah how do his priorities and responsibilities change and how does that interact with him being spider-man as he goes through a whole life right and it's sort of like if if you're sort of familiar with spider-man a lot of like the big moments from spider-man legend or mythos or canon are there right so in like in the 2010s like miles morales he is like he's helping mentor miles morales who's going to be the next spider-man um mm. like so that still happened and everything um yeah it's really it was re it's really interesting and it is it, it does help from like knowing a bit about 
Spider-Man and all of his villains and everything. But I think even if you didn't know a ton about Spider-Man, it, it would be interesting to read. But yeah, I was really fine. I, I, I was really glad I finally got around to that and just kind of, it was just like a good story. Um, and, and then, and, and it was nice because it's just six issues and it's done and there's nothing, you don't have to like think about anything else or what it, what it connects to. So that was really enjoyable. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe, what if they had waited one more year, then they could have had 2020 to write about. <laughs> Yeah, he could like how what would Spider-Man do in New York? Would he have been a masker or an anti-masker? Well, he wears a mask, so I feel like he would be a masker. I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. If Um, there was a superhero that you think wouldn't be a would be an anti-masker, who would it be? I think it would be Thor. Thor is an anti-masker because I feel like he's like, I'm a god, I won't get it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think I agree with you, but then. I wonder if Thor would just like leave Earth, right? He would, he would. So Thor is like the person who like was like, oh, instead of staying in the city, I'm going to like move to the countryside or like go rent out a private island so that no one can tell me what to do, right? Um, yeah. Thor's, yeah. So Thor's like that version, right? He's not going to like stay in the city and like cough in your face, anti master, <laughs> but he's going to yeah. like, he's he's got so much power and money that he's going to go sort of isolate himself um, so that he doesn't have to even deal with it, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't think Iron Man would like, Iron Man potentially too, right? Because he you might know, just be like, but I created this, this, this thing and I press a button. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Tony, right, because there's the whole, like, um, you know, in, like, Civil War, there's the whole, like, sign, you know, he's the guy who, like, wants to sign up with the government, but, he, you know, his reasonings aren't great, and then Captain America doesn't. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that's actually, that's actually, <laughs> that's a more interesting question than I thought it would be initially. Um, yeah, I was like, dang, we're still on this. <laughs> yeah, but, no, that's a good question, Inch. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other good questions? Uh, if you were a fruit, what kind of fruit would you be? I don't know. I really like wow. apples, but I don't know if I'm like an apple. But like maybe because apples are pretty... I don't know if pretty, you are either. <laughs> but apples are pretty like run of the mill, right? Like they're pretty... They're what not extraordinary. I don't know enough about different types of apples. As someone who picked apples for a year, I don't even know that. <laughs> I don't know enough about the different types of apples. All right. Well, maybe we could, have, I, I, we could end the podcast with like interesting questions. Maybe that's yeah. a new thing, but okay. All right, everyone. That's the end of the show. You can follow Angela on Instagram at glow.angela. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Glowacky. That's J O E Y G L O W A C K Y. The music you heard in this episode is a lo fi remix of the song Concerning Hobbits by Patrick Moonbird. You can find their music on Spotify and SoundCloud. Please rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast listening app. You can also email the show by sending your messages to podcast at comicsly.com. All reviews and messages are greatly appreciated. That is everything for this week. We are going to be back next week with an episode about the video game Inside. It's a short little little, like story like light platforming but like story side scrolling game i just started playing it the other day and it's it's interesting i like it yeah. i like it i'm not i am only about a half hour in but it's i'm into it that okay. we're doing that but that'll be that's for next week we will yeah join us here uh next week everyone and have a great week we'll see you see you next monday bye